0: Father, thank you so much that we have opportunity to be in your family, that if we acknowledge you and open our lives to you, that you say, anyone who calls on your name becomes a child of God. I pray that for everyone who has, um, has checked in this morning, God, may the time we, we leave this, this, this time of worship, may every person online, say, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior, I want you to be my leader, I want you to be my hope, and I want to be a child of God. Father, thank you that you have said that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us, and I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Awesome worship today, I'm so glad uh, that you've tuned in, I'm just so grateful that we still have opportunity to worship God, and I believe that our worship uh, has pointed us to Jesus, and just a moment we'll uh, look into Scripture and, and find even more, more reason to put our hope and trust in Jesus. I want to start with some amazing news. Uh, we probably could all use some, without a doubt. I think our tendency is we can notice on everything that's not working well, and uh, I've got some great news. So uh, because of your faithfulness in giving, and it matters, I want you to know your giving uh, financially to New Cove, even in in such odd seasons it matters and makes a difference and we've been able to help numerous people who have been struggling uh, due to any number of reasons and I have just a short thank you note that was sent to me that I wanted you it's actually written to you so thank you so much for helping me during this rough patch in my life I hope to be able to pay you back soon and parenthetically let me say when we give as a church to meet the needs of those around us we do not want nor expect uh, money to be paid back it's we been given given money and so we offer that with uh hands open and so you just need to know that but it says I I do hope to be able to pay you back soon to help you to continue the beautiful work that you've been doing when that time comes, I would love to come by and share my testimony and express my thanks in person. Thank you so much. And again, it's because of the generosity of your giving. Every little bit matters. It makes a difference. And you've been able to, um, to let us be the hands and the feet and the voice of Jesus. And it was a, it's a privilege to be a part of such a generous church. So given all of this... I am still more optimistic than ever before, even with all the changes uh, that are going on around us. And it just seems like week after week, something new is added into the mix that uh, could cause us to be hopeless. And I am more convinced than ever before that God wants to redeem what is going on. And so it enthuses me to be able to share this as we've talked about the four great awakenings. And now we're praying. Uh, not just New Cub, but uh, since that's our target audience, uh, New Cub is praying for the fifth great awakening. And I want you to know that there were several things that all four spiritual awakenings that have taken place in the past, they had several things in common. One, society was divided, morals were self-defined, anxiety was high, and a disregard for God, just to name a few. So let's think about currently is society divided check our morals self-defined check is anxiety at an all-time high check is there a disregard for god and his leadership and his authority check and that sounds horrible but the beauty is if god brought about an awakening with all of those things in place Why not bring about a fifth? And that is what we're hoping for. Each awakening started with a group of people who prayed for the power of God to extend the kingdom of God. And notice this, to extend the kingdom of God in them, in their local city and around the world. And it began with them. And let me just quickly uh, say parenthetically, each awakening started uh, with a group of people who prayed for the power of God to extend the kingdom of god so when we talk about the kingdom of god the easiest way to announce that is just to say may what's going on up there happen down here may what's up there happen down here so it began by praying god we want focus to be upon you we want that to happen and so what's happening up there may it happen down here and may it begin with me may it then float out to my family to my neighborhood to my local city and certainly to the ends of the earth so what we're talking about for the next four weeks are four elements are four characteristics that are needed to be embraced by us personally and so brace yourself because this is going to be somewhat disruptive because these four things need to take place in you and certainly In me, our focal passage all the way through this series is Psalm 67. You may want to uh, find your Bible and just mark that and let that be your driving prayer every single morning, but we're going to look at several verses here that helps us to understand the first element. I won't give it away quite yet. Psalm 67, may God be merciful and may God bless us. May God be merciful and bless us. May his face smile with favor on us. So we understand grace. Grace is receiving what we don't deserve. Mercy is the other end of that stick, not giving us what we do deserve. And so it says, may God not give us what we deserve, but instead bless us. What does blessing look like? May God's face shine upon us with favor. Nothing better than the creator of the universe looking at you face to face and smiling over you and, and, and leading you and guiding you and not turning his back. And that's the beauty about God is he does not turn his back on us when we turn our lives to Jesus Christ. And then it says, pause or interlude or, or the Hebrew word would be salah, to think about what, what does that mean, what is it to pause and to think, what would it look like for God to be merciful to me and to turn his face? Verse 2 here's what makes this come about. You want to be blessed by God. Here's what happens. May your ways be known throughout the earth. May your saving power among the people be seen everywhere. May the nations praise you. O God, yes, may all the nations praise you. Let the whole world sing for joy because you govern the nations with justice. And you guide the people of the whole world. If, if you're comfortable writing in your Bibles, you need to understand and, and, and yellow highlight or circle or underline. The second person tense here. Uh, uh, second person, uh, not first person anymore. It says, may your ways be known. May your saving power, moving from first person singing to the second person speaking about it, said, may my ways be known, may your ways be known, may your saving power, may the nations praise you, may all the nations praise you, not first person. Let the whole world sing for joy because you govern the world with justice and guide. It is a total flip about what our world is about. Our world is about me. This shows my age, so just put up with me for a little bit on this But the great theologian Toby Keith, oh wait, he's just a country singer, but he had this song years ago called, I Want to Talk About Me. And it went something like, the chorus goes, I want to talk about me, I want to talk about I, I want to talk about number one, oh me, oh my, what I think, what I like, what I know, what I want, what I see, me, 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 oh my, oh me, oh my. And I wonder why Brett won't let me on the worship team. I have so much to bring to the team. Well, this, let me class up the talk a little bit and come back to Dr. Tripp. Tripp says the same thing, just not in country form. And he says, we need to quit thinking horizontally and start thinking vertically. That instead of thinking, oh me, oh my, what does God want? Who's calling the shots? You see, we all, every human being puts their hope in something. Every human being then asks that something to deliver something. And so we need to start focusing vertically, put our hope vertically, not horizontally. Because you ask the object of your hope, think about this, you and I ask the object of our hope to fix what is broken, to deliver what is needed or what is desired. In other words, we've got to come to a place, again, we're talking individually, not everybody else, but you and me. What do I need to embrace? Who's calling the shots in my life? Who's in the driver's seat? Who has the final say? Who's the cog? Who's the, the focus of where my hope is going? A couple weeks ago, I shared the thought from theologian Paul Tillich, and he said, we all have an ultimate concern, something or someone we value as our highest priority in life. And if our ultimate concern is not the Lord, wow, it's our idol. Moving from horizontal, from me, oh my, oh me, oh my, I want to talk about me, just to vertical. Say, so what does God want here? So what, what does the cultural antithesis of this look like what is the what's the antithesis of vertical thinking it's this judges 17 6 probably is the best way to look everyone did what was right in their own eyes wow everyone begins to do what is right in their own eyes because it's all about me it's all about i it's all about number one. Oh me oh my and i think our root issue is is a lot deeper than just other people. In fact, the Bible is so clear that our battle is not against one another. It really isn't. It appears to be that, doesn't it? But that's, that's Satan's scheme. In fact, in 1 Peter 5 eight, here it is. This, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. So we've got to look at who's our great enemy. The great enemy is the devil. He prowls around. Like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And how, what does he want to do? He wants us to think horizontally. He wants us to think that the problem is elsewhere. It is against every other buddy. It's against other people around us. Those that don't think like us, look like us, act like us. He's smart. And he doesn't, he won't tempt you to do big horrible things. He just tempts you to become judgmental. He just tempts us to think it's all about me john ten ten, jesus said the thief's purpose is to steal to kill and destroy and that is what satan wants to do he wants to destroy every sense of hope that we have in our lives this last week uh, a member of our church shared a post with me that their nephew had written and here's what he part of what he said he said every person needs to wake up i'm looking around for the enemy is the enemy the government is the enemy extreme political groups it's just not quite clear. It's not apparent to me. And that's just what the enemy wants. So who is the enemy? The overarching enemy of all of this is the devil. This is a war against, uh, of evil against righteousness. And we've all come together to defeat the evil one. We must do that. Evil spawning hate. Evil spawning division, sadness, fear, violence, trying to divide Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Liberal, Conservative, Patriotic, Christian, black, white, red, yellow, green, blue, purple. We all have to come to fight together. How do we do this? How do we come together? All right, so here's the first element. Here's the first step that you and I, if we want to see a spiritual awakening take place, it has to happen in us, and it must begin with us individually. And it's found in Philippians 2, 3 do nothing from selfish ambition do nothing from conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourselves there's just not a lot of room for misinterpretation with that verse do nothing do absolutely nothing from selfish ambition. So, what's selfish ambition? It's a desire to put oneself first. It's a desire to, to to use your vain glory. It's all about me. It's all about I. It's all about number one. Oh me, oh my. It's a desire to have to be in charge. To put yourself forward. And Philippians two three says, "Do nothing." driven by first-person singular but in humility count others and again look at that word others it does not say count count only those who you think alike those who are like you you know it says but in humility count others more significant than yourselves again there's not a lot of room for misinterpretation so what is Satan's trick? We, we learned this over the Christmas holidays. If you were with us, we talked about autonomous individualism. That is what, is, what our society is, is consumed with right now. Autonomous individualism uh, maintains that each person is independent in terms of destiny and accountability. Not according to Psalm 67, It maintains that each person is independent. I can do what I want, when I want, me, oh my. It, its ultimate moral authority is self-generative. What I say is good for me, and that's how I I'm, I'm just owe oh, it to myself. In the end, we answer to no one but ourselves, for we are truly on our own. Our choices are ours alone, determined by our personal pleasure and not by any higher moral authority wow it's so easy to get sucked into thinking i am the captain of my ship i am in charge and we know that if you continue reading through philippians chapter 2 you find that jesus led the way and he put our needs above uh, us And at that time, it says, even when we were in the midst of sinning against him, antithetical to the way he wanted us to live, he gave his life for us. He laid down his life for us in hopes that we would live for something larger than just self-consumption. Humility is the foundational step to spiritual awakening we need so urgently today. What does the word humble mean? It means to bow the need to submit with humility to bow the knee to recognize that you and i are the created we are not the creator so what brings about an awakening well it's humility it's one of the first steps is that we recognize we need god why do i say this because i frustrated you last week with this statement god cannot give what we will not admit we need to receive wrestle with that some of you contacted me thank you from now on just contact brett at newcupchurch.org think through this god cannot give what we will not admit we need to receive or another way to put it god will not lead us if we will not admit we need his leadership humility says i don't need anyone to lead but me it's all about me How about this statement? God cannot lead us if we're not following. Humility is about putting others before us and recognizing that there's something bigger than my agenda going on. So the question you want to ask, well, am I I a humble person? That probably would be the question you want to ask right now if that's the first amazing step that we all need to embrace is humility So the question is, well, am I humble? How do we know that? Well, C.S. Lewis, he gave, he said, I think I can tell everybody the first step. The first step is to realize that our tendency is to be proud. And then he goes on to say, if you think you're not conceited, it means you're very conceited indeed. It's It's a desire to say, God, I want to look vertically to you and not horizontally. I don't want to put my trust and, and put my hope in something and then ask that something to deliver for me and to fix something. I want to put my hope and trust in you. Galatians 5.13. You've been called to live in freedom. Okay, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, here it is. Use your freedom to serve one another. Okay, Ephesians 4.2. Be completely humble. It doesn't say just do it halfway. Be completely humble. Bow the knee. Submit with humility. Be gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. So when we look at Philippians 2, where it says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves, we've got to ask, so what's the difference between vain conceit or vain ambition and godly ambition? I adapted some of these thoughts from Christine Kane, but you'll have opportunity to think on these uh, in our post-service discussions. But how about this? Godly ambition is initiated by God while selfish ambition is initiated by self. How does God initiate what we're going to live and how we're going to respond? It's by time alone with Him. Every single week we urge you to spend daily time in God's Word so the Spirit of God can keep you focused. Our worship, uh, as Brett talked about earlier, it's to help us reset our priorities, to reset the set of the sails. That's what daily time alone with God does. Godly ambition is about advancing the kingdom of God. May up there happen in my life. Selfish ambition is about building and maintaining a following or image management. It would be a probably more current way to put that. Image management. Godly ambition just says, God, may what's going on up there happen in my heart and and may it happen where I have influence Godly ambition honors others where selfish ambition competes and compares with others. That we would, godly ambition honors people around us, looks for ways to breathe life into them, finds out what they're doing at and doing well at, what they're powerful, and speaks into that. But selfish ambition feels competitive and compares and judges Godly ambition longs to please God. Selfish ambition, well, here it goes, pleases others. Godly ambition is about contribution, while selfish ambition is just about consuming for oneself. Godly ambition involves dying to self, while selfish ambition just gratifies self. But Satan doesn't want us to gratify God, to, to die to self. He wants us to, to, to lay claim for what's due us. Godly ambition thinks of the next generation, while selfish ambition serves just this generation alone. You see, godly ambition is about a cause much greater than us, and it's only found Vertically. I closed last week with this passage, and I want to close with this one. Again, Romans 13, verse 11 through 14. This is all the more urgent for you to know how late it is. Time is running out, so wake up. And that's why our series is called Awaken, that God would awaken our souls deep, deep within us, that he would awaken that which he's created in us to have have it fed Vertically, that God would speak deep into our hearts, that we would wake up for our salvation is nearer than when we first believed, that we put our hope and trust in God, not in other things. Wake up. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes. Put on the shining armor of right living because we belong to the day we must live decent lives for all to see. Or in other words, as I would put it for myself, we're to wake up and then dress up. We're to be clothed in Christ-likeness. That's what we're called to do. Let me close with the definition of humility. And this is where our prayer time will go this week. The definition of humility is this. God begins where we end. That is the prayer Of being humble. That is the prayer of humility. That we would come to the end of ourselves. And say I'm tired of living for myself. I'm tired of living for me. Oh my. Me, me, me. I want to live for something large. I want to live for you. That we would understand that God begins where we end. And say God may it be about you. So here's what I would like for you to do i want you to take your phones and uh, text please Uh, take your phone and go to 402-260-2400 and text the word respond give you a moment to do that and i want to drive you to uh, a few places and then i want us to close with a prayer time all together in your response you've got opportunity to respond in any number of ways you would like to talk with someone about following jesus i have no doubt there are many people who have uh, checked in this morning who've been putting their hope and trust in horizontal things probably good things but those horizontal things were never created to meet uh the needs that only god can meet would today be the day that you'd give your life to jesus and i would ask you just to say i want to talk to somebody and we would love to have a visit with you Maybe you're ready to begin in an online group. You just need information. We are starting what we're calling prayer pods this week. They begin some tonight and then through the rest of the week. And for four weeks, we're going to meet one day, depending on which prayer pod you're in. One day, we're going to meet for maybe 30, 40 minutes at max. And this week, our focus is on humility. And we would invite you to be in a prayer pod and you can say, I want to join a prayer pod. Maybe you want to lead a prayer pod, and the prayer pod leadership is maybe just whoever you're watching with this morning, that's good enough. Or you may have some other family members or friends or neighbors, uh, business student friends that you want to invite to your prayer pod, and we'll give you all of the prayer points and the prayer directives. All you have to do is find the group, form the group, and if you don't want to Find a group or form a group. We'll get one and put you in a group. We just need you to say, I'd like to join a prayer pod or lead a prayer pod. So in response to today's message, maybe you, God's revealed something to you and you want to share that. We would be honored to read what your response is and then just pray that God would make that uh, happen in your own life and always, always open for prayer requests. We welcome you to to pray, and for us to uh, have our prayer team pray with you, and uh, for your uh, your need. There are discussion questions that you can uh, spend some time with after uh, our message uh, ends. Here, we want to close in just an interesting way, and what we would like to do is to talk about just praying in three different ways for God to awaken our soul. And our team will uh, lead us uh, in the chorus. And then we're going to pray in three different directions. We're going to pray first for God to awaken our soul to His greatness. That, that, that it is important for us to understand. And then for us to pray, for us to recognize our need of Him. And then last, we'll close with our. Of God to awaken our souls to pray that we would be the hands and the feet and the voice and voice and the eyes of Jesus to those around us. So will you spend some time with us? I'll lead the prayer time and uh, let our uh, worship team guide us as we pray and ask God to awaken our souls.